Hey guys, welcome to the Backlog Podcast number 53, and today we got a chance to sit down with Nihongo Gamer and talked about getting his start as a YouTuber, what qualities make an excellent gaming controller, and his thoughts on Street Fighter 6 dynamic and modern controls. I hope you enjoy this episode. Yeah, like, uh... <laughs> Isn't that what this is all about, really? Just social media? It's just trying to get people to like you? Please, someone. Um, like me. Like me, please. Um, and then I'll count how many times people like me. That number matters, okay? <laughs> number matters. It's motivation. Like, when you go, like, when you die and you go to heaven, you know, God's going to be like, how many subscribers do you have? <laughs> And then that'll be the deciding factor. Yeah. I'd rather no, no, not no. talk about Sorry. it. <laughs> Down to Lake of Fire. <laughs> yeah, but did you use the Mr. Beast meta? Ah, damn it, I should have. I feel like I'd be stuck in purgatory. Like, oh, none? All right, well. Uh... Double it and give it to the next guy. Um, anyway, uh, yo, guys, welcome to the Backlog Podcast number 53. I'm Matt. Quintessence. Uh, I'm Nihongo Gamer. Yeah, today we're joined by Nihongo Gamer. Um, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> How's it going? <laughs> no, I didn't try to skip over him. I'm just saying. I'm trying to. Hey, 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 hey. Anyway, what man. <laughs> but yeah, um, I don't know. So, so I guess. Uh, I guess I don't know where we should start here. Maybe we should start with the the interview questions. We just delve straight into it. Well, how about? Yeah. Um, I mean, oh. briefly before you guys begin, why don't you tell me more about your podcast? What what kind of stuff do you do here? What can I expect on on the show? Um, so we're basically a fighting game podcast. That uh, our, our whole thing is that we try to interview individuals from like kind of each area of the FGC. So that could be like smaller creators or or people that run Discord communities um, for like Super Dragon Ball Z or, um, you know, I think we had someone from Cyberbots on here. Just very super incredibly niche things. But also, you know, uh, we had Jukesbox on who is a... Um, a You know, I, we all know Jukesbox. He's, he's sort of... Um, a teacher, an instructor, and his streams are like heavily in teaching. Um, I think of him as the guy from the Street Fighter documentary. Oh, um, it did this long. It was like a long. It was like a one or two part. Or it was like it was like a one and a half hour video. It was called. It was, it was called like the Fighting Game Community. The video, and they follow him through his Street Fighter Four finals at Evo or something. Was that was that the same one where they had like um, Triforce Game Master? That might be it. That might be the one. <laughs> where, where, like, they were showing him, like, working at uh, at Empire Arcadia, which was like a game store or something like that. Uh, Sounds was, about right, yeah. Like a G four uh, documentary, I think. Yeah, maybe might have been. It might have been, yeah. Um, but yeah, so basically, the whole idea is to just to like meet people from every kind of aspect who aren't typically, you know, who who might you know get some kind of traction from people who talk to them, but. Sometimes, a lot of times, people that don't, and a lot of games that don't get much shine, and sort of, you know, getting like this whole. Th there's so many aspects to the FGC that I don't think are are shined upon. And it sounds it, amazing. Putting, putting a light on various places, you know. Um, Standing reach. 
Yeah, um, there also was like a creator on here. I don't know if you've heard of uh, My Life is an RPG, but heard but, of. But essentially, he's he's like a creator that will take science and he'll mix it with anything. And he's he's very much into fighting games as well. So we had him on, and he sort of you know um, was able to relate a lot of like science facts to fighting games and sort of. It was this r- really interesting, you know, very interesting guest to have on. But Will uh, Nye, the video game guy. <laughs> exactly. I can't yeah. think of a better idea. I'm going to cancel my own channel and restart <laughs> with a science theme. I mean, we don't hey. need coffee. We don't need fight sticks. Just we're going to have science and video games. It's beautiful. Uh, man, uh, I'm. I remember watching that show as a kid. Uh, freaking! I remember. Wasn't there like a giant guy dressed as a like, guy dressed as a giant rat or something like that on there? I mean, he had all <laughs> kinds of weird stuff going on in that show, so I wouldn't doubt it. Yeah, it was also, like he wasn't even a scientist. That's the cool part. Wait, wasn't Bill he... Nye's in the scientist? Yeah, he's like an engineer or something like that. Hold on, wait, 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 wait. wait. <gasps> Bill Nye, degree. The controversy. <laughs> Oh, Not yeah, even was. a real scientist. He wouldn't even make it 10 days on Twitter these days. He'd be cancelled by now. Hey, right? I mean, he has, he has a BS. He's already on the ropes. <laughs> All the real science community, they're like, he doesn't represent us. Not my scientist. Not my scientist. Oh, he ha- okay, so he's he has a BS in uh, mechanical engineering, which is, is a science degree. Yeah, I mean, it's not chemistry. Yeah. We kind of all thought he was a chemist, though. Yeah, I, he really like sold himself as the general science guy, chemistry kind of stuff. You're like, oh, this is how you know the environment works and all that stuff. Like, eh, yeah. not really. Uh, yeah. Uh, Beekman's oh, world. Oh, actually, I forgot about that. That was like a not almost like a knockoff version of uh, Bill Nye the Science Guy, wasn't it? Beekman's world. If anybody I remembers that. I don't think I've ever seen Beekman's World. I don't think I've ever seen that. Yeah. Maybe it wasn't airing in, in the UK. Right. I don't know. I watched, oh. like, you know, like, Magic School Bus, Bill Nye, I don't know, that kind of stuff. Right. What a uh, show. Oh my God. <laughs> what was the Wait. name of that teacher? Mrs. Frizzle? Yeah, or something Mrs. like Frizzle. that. Yeah. Amazing. <laughs> oh, what a show. Amazing. <laughs> great yeah. show slightly outdated now but you know it's fine <laughs> uh yeah man i i think i like i saw this video on tiktok that was like mrs frizzle like now where she's just like this old lady who smokes a lot with a new jersey <laughs> accent it was great oh uh, miss frizzle saying ain't so need more of that in my life <laughs> <laughs> well you know, why don't you um Yo, Nihongo Gamer, why don't you tell the, the the our viewers a little bit about yourself, uh, who you are and what you do. Right. Um, I run a YouTube channel called Nihongo Gamer, and I sort of have a Twitch channel, but I've stopped streaming regularly because, well, for all sorts of reasons, I can go into, like, not like bad reasons, just kind of didn't have time to do the regular Twitch grind. But the uh, it's a YouTube channel about video games and mostly fighting games and arcade sticks and I guess the main story actually about the whole channel is that it was not meant to be about fighting Mm -hmm. games it was meant to be about random Japanese like stuff that I found and video games that are useful for learning Japanese and uh yeah 
that content obviously wasn't super. I mean, it's oh, like, actually it was it was popular, but um, I just I just got obsessed with fighting games. I think like all of us, I think we know what it's like. You fall down the rabbit hole. You yeah. play one fighting game, and then suddenly you're in the fighting game community. And it's like, wait, <laughs> the what? I didn't even know that was a thing. And yeah, now the channel's all about fighting games. <laughs> I think nice. I remember like early. I, I was watching your channel, channel like early, I, th I believe, when you had like videos on cycling, like where you would go yes. and like, like, you know what I mean? And I think it eventually became a channel about fighting games. Right. You're right. Uh, yeah, I think for the first five years or for the first like five years or so, it was actually just me opening up like, oh, you got a PS Vita. OK. Oh, I'm in Hiroshima today. I'm going to go cycling with my GoPro. And it was pretty much anything happening to me in japan and it yeah. all changed um, i think a, another channel i can think of that's kind of similar to that and this one makes definitely makes sense but like giuna you remember giuna uh, oh yeah I, well what was his mm. okay so i i kind of i, I want to say i joined joined the fighting game community i got my membership card in 2017 or so so actually mm. i didn't really know who giuna was i just saw him doing commentary and i always thought that um, Giuna was this 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 commentator who just bullies other commentators because it was him <laughs> him and um, Obama. I didn't know that they were yeah. friends. Oh, I just right. I just thought I just thought that he was just really mean to this guy called Obama every time. And, and it was him and G uh, Z him and Z. Yeah. They would always bully him together. But I didn't I didn't realize it was a joke. I didn't realize they were friends. And so right. I was just like, wow, this guy's really mean. <laughs> but obviously, this guy's such I'm, an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> but then I obviously I got into his channel. I was just like, oh man, this guy knows everything. He's played every fighting game. He he's, yeah. it seems like he's been there for like since the very very beginning. Yeah. Um, but but it's like to, to to kind of like compare your channel to his is sort of like I think I believe he was the same way where he basically did videos where he was just walking around Japan and like mm -hmm. like he would go in and like buy mangas or like he would go on a trip somewhere but now yeah. his channel is all like solely fighting game stuff <laughs> uh, so kind of the same are just they absorb you right they like, really do they really escape. do absorb you <laughs> and a good and I I think that's it's a good thing fighting games are they're one of those those rabbit holes that you you happily jump down but then you don't yeah i think you don't realize until later on it's like oh i'm addicted you, you don't even realize you're addicted until it's way down the line it's too late you can't you can't you, let go you're of playing it four different games you're like i may have a problem <laughs> yeah well you've got like you've got like 50 <laughs> controllers like hanging on racks on your walls and you're like wait am i am i a, an enthusiast what who am i um I might have got a CRT in like 2023, so I mean, I might have a problem. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, it was free though. I'll say that. Really? I, yeah. Free 99. Amazing. Is that is is that a 32 inch 28? Uh, I believe it's like 32 inches, but I could be wrong. Um, Must have been heavy. I used to carry those things for a living. Um, were you a Smash player? Jobs. No. <laughs> yeah, I actually, I started Evo. Oh wow! I was carrying those, all, all those TVs Whoa. into a truck. No, so I, I one of my first jobs was just helping out in a local TV store, um, and I wasn't very good at selling TVs, and the other guys are really good at selling them. But they're like, "How about you just um, help deliver the TVs?" So I ended up like getting on the truck and carrying these TVs up staircases, and they're they're fifty kilos for like yeah. one TV, and it's all that glass 
at the front of the TV. And I mean, you must know because you just carried that one. Mm -hmm. They're really heavy. Yeah, um, it was it almost didn't fit in my back seat. Um, so I had to like I had to really kind of finagle it in there, you know, but um, but yeah, the guy was just giving it away for free and he's like, oh, lightly mm -hmm. used doesn't use it anymore. And sometimes people don't really know what they have. Uh, I think it was one of those situations where, like, if you're a retro gamer, right, and you see, like, oh, a component television for free, a tube component television, oh, I'm on it. And, you know, I have, I still play a lot of my old consoles, so um, it's it's mainly yeah, how they, I play video games now. There's, there's that channel Digital Foundry. They're often, they're, I think they're often talking about how if you play on a CRT, then actually you're kind of getting a better resolution than a lot of HD and LCD screens because of... Just the way that the the I don't know what they're called phosphors or the the screen elements they just kind of phase differently and it's just sharper. So yeah. um, the idea, the basic idea, is that it's an analog signal. It's not right. meant to be played on a digital television. So mm. if you, if I were to play, in my personal opinion, if I were to hook, you know, a console up to this, it looks way better than hooking it up to an HD TV. Like it just looks. I don't know how to explain it other than it looks right. It doesn't it doesn't look wrong. There's no like weird artifacting going on. Um but you can use like upscalers. Like I have um a RetroTink 5X and right, right, right. uh you know to upscale that to 10, 1080, right? Um Right, right, right. It's it's even then it still doesn't like knock your socks off as much as like a regular CRT would. See, that's what opinion. I'm thinking, because I've got one of those, I've got an OSSC, and I remember mm -hmm. when I was looking into CRT stuff, I was like, I was kind of blown away that it would ever matter that you could play, that you played in a higher resolution, but it's like, if you play these 240p games at 4K, then mm -hmm. I think they've they've got more freedom to do the, the filtering and kind of bring back that, that analogness of the CRT, so yeah. I think there's a number of, I think... It's, it's like the number doesn't tell the whole story. Right. Yeah. Um, CRTs are amazing. Yeah, CRTs, CRTs I mean... Get, just, just, just get one. If you can, get one. Yeah, I have like... Uh, I have like four now. Um, not, not because... <laughs> so... I thought uh, this was a new addition. This, I thought the CRT behind you, just like, oh, I just... I mean, I'm getting into CRTs now. I didn't know... Now you've got four. See, it's, it's just like arcade sticks. Mm-hmm. That's what it is. Uh, habit. Yeah, but you practically stole that one. It was free. <laughs> well, uh, actually, the, the thing is, is that they're all free. That's that's the thing. It's like oh. what because people will give them away. It's sort of one of those situations where it's like, oh, oh, okay. Well, if I don't get it, somebody else will. Yeah, and... or it might just go to the tip and just get thrown away, which would be yeah, yeah, yep, after the environment. You're yep. doing the world a service. Yeah, I'm just True. hoarding all the trash <laughs> in my house. That's really what it is. <laughs> um, I found practically stealing legal stealth stealing legal legal stealth yeah yeah oh, legal yeah. stealth legal legal stealing. stealth uh, these two TVs over here the ones behind oh, you you can't really see them but they're right next to it they're actually uh, like high definition uh, analog televisions right yeah I remember oh. at the very end of the CRT era because that was when I was kind of selling them and it was like I remember the, the Panasonic. No, no, Sony Trinitron 
Yeah. Uh, well, maybe it was Panasonic. I can't remember which one, but it, like, it was like <laughs> flat screen was really confusing because back then flat screen meant the whole TV was flat. <laughs> but it also meant that CRTs, like, they didn't have a bowed screen at the front. And people were just like, I want a flat screen. I was like, oh, yeah, I've got a really nice CRT. How would you, would you like this one? They're like, no, 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 no. I mean, like, one of those ones you hang on the wall. Um, oh, the lighter ones. Yeah, no, I'll, I'll get that. Yeah. <laughs> these people are, used they, to call them both flat screen. So, so these aren't like the Trinitrons. These are, these are actually, um, uh, what are they called? They're, uh, they're PVMs. Professional video monitors. Right, I heard that. Yeah. So what they are is they oh. actually. Um, it, it would be like if you worked at a television company, like what they use for monitors there. Uh, you know, at least if they were running like an analog signal, then. Um, but they're kind of out of date now. But fantastic for, you know, hooking your GameCube up to it. It, it looks What's amazing. What's the refresh rate on those bad boys? I actually don't know. I don't know what the refresh rate is. <laughs> I'm assuming it's six, at least 60 FPS, but they they're able to do um, like uh, you can hook up like there's a, a slot in the back, right, where you can switch it out. You could do uh, RGB, you could do component, uh, you can do composite, SCART. Uh, you can it like it, basically you can just slot it in. Be like, oh, I want to. I I have uh, a SCART cable for my N64. Slot in the SCART cable. You know, uh, hook up, plug in, plug it in, and you know you're good to go. It's and so it different to the modern era where we need a we need a dongle for everything. Oh God, tell me about it. Everything must become USB, everything. and in the process, and everything becomes laggy. Yeah, yeah. So, so what this actually does is it it, it takes the analog signal, makes it high definition without upscalers or anything like that. It's just sort of all like natural environment type type thing that's kind of how i look at it analog analog signal natural environment analog tv looks great digital you, you know so on and so forth amazing it sounds like it sounds like at, at for the now it sounds like a really great cheap hobby but it sounds like it's probably gonna eventually get kind of expensive only if you pay scalper prices yeah yeah as these things go up in uh, as, as they go up in in value because they're they're rare hard to find eventually be like when i got into this hobby it was really cheap <laughs> now i'm spending like thousands and thousands more than i would for a normal hd tv i i think you'll find that um anybody who has like is into retro gaming and uh like has a crt they don't just have one i will say that uh, like i know of people that have like an entire room of like just full of crts oh they have them all like linked together they turn them all on you know they like play the like... tv studios yeah Got exactly yeah, exactly there you go but they have no reason to do that you know <laughs> well this is this is the natural birth of a youtube channel this is how all youtube channels begin i think you buy one thing and you're like i love this thing and then you have two then you have four, and then you have ten, and then you're and then you're making videos about them, and then you're making reviews about them, and then people are interviewing <laughs> you because you make reviews about these these TVs, and you're like, wait, am I a YouTuber? <laughs> Some, somewhere along oh, the no, line. Oh no! Stop! Became, Go back. Yeah. Somewhere <laughs> along the line, you became an influencer, and then and that's that's how you got here, huh? And that's how I got here. <laughs> that's the story of how I got here. Wow. Uh, um. So I. I I think we 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 kind of uh, I don't know how far we got off the rails on that one. It feels like we went way off the rails, but uh, it's still relevant. That's, though. that's the still fun relevant. of a podcast, you know. You just right. kind of go. 
Absolutely. Um, so I, I suppose we should probably start with the next question, and that would be, how did you get your start in sort of the gaming industry? And I, we can kind of delve, connect into that because it sounds like, uh, you know, we touched on it a little bit. And what kind of inspired you to become a YouTuber? Okay. Um, it's an interesting question, isn't it? How did you get started in the, in the gaming industry? Because it kind of sounds like my job is in the gaming industry, but I, I suppose... I suppose now it is, <laughs> now, that I, now that I do YouTube. But what, what really happened was before I did YouTube and before I came to Japan, I really wanted to be a video game music composer. And so I was really into gaming for that aspect because I, I played games and I loved the music in it and I wanted to like be a composer. I was like, this is the best way to get into the industry. So I, started, so I studied a lot of music at university and composition. And then I didn't really become a video game composer. I just moved to Japan and I was like teaching English. And then I started a YouTube channel and the composition dream has kind of disappeared. I, I mean, I, I still write music every now and then, but I don't really follow it as much. But that's initially how I was getting into the gaming industry. Mm -hmm. And then while I was in Japan, I was I wasn't actually into fighting games. Actually, I remember I had a party at my house and I was like, I bought a Dreamcast and Soul Calibur and I thought, yo, we should have like a video game party. We can just have people bring consoles and play games. And someone brought Pokemon Stadium and another person brought uh, the, the, the TMNT, the Turtles game on their like Xbox 360. I was just like, whoa, my whole house is a video game arcade. And one of my friends shows up and he goes, yo, do you have Street Fighter 4? And I said, should I have Street Fighter 4? He's like, why don't you have Street Fighter 4? Because <laughs> I had like Soul Calibur going. We had, um, what's the other one? Is Smash Melee or Brawl, one of them going. We had all these fighting games all over my house and we didn't have the one that everyone was playing. And this was a party in like 2014, 2013 or so. So it was like peak Street Fighter 4 time. Yeah, absolutely. And I, <laughs> I was just like, should I have Street Fighter 4? What's special about that? I, I knew that little about the fighting game community. What's special about that? Oh, What's nothing. It just that? reshaped fighting games. It's cool. Whatever. No big deal. Precisely. Precisely. So yeah, I, that, that's when I was like, oh, Street Fighter 4? And then someone showed me a video about Evo. And I was like, what is what is this? Um, but after that, yeah, I started, I made my, my, my YouTube channel. And actually, because I wanted to figure out which oh actually ha. okay so this story is going to get really long so i'm going to try and condense it as much as possible but initially i wanted to make a website called nihongo gamer and i didn't want to be actually anything except the manager of the website so i got a bunch of friends i was like can you guys tell me which video games are good for learning japanese so for example if you play like persona rpgs there's sometimes like a backlog button so you can actually check what people said up until now and you can re-listen to all the audio and i was like that's amazing all of this free japanese dialogue other people are buying like japanese dialogue cds for learning japanese but it's like we already own all these games may as well just use them and in context as well to learn nihongo to learn japanese and i was like why don't we have a website that just collates all of the best games for learning japanese and i won't even have to write anything because i'll get you guys to write the articles for me and of course, I had like three articles, three people wrote articles and then they never wrote again, which is kind of how it always goes when you 
like source <laughs> when you like try to make a website or a review site. Sort of fun. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> then then I would, I realized I was I mean that's when YouTube was kind of booming. 2012, 2013, everyone was like discovering monetization. That's when it had just started. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I, I didn't even know what monetization is, and that's that's another story. I'll tell you. I'll, tell, I'll talk about that later. But I realized that people don't want to read a website about learning how to learn Japanese. They just want to listen to or, or watch videos because we're all lazy, and I, myself included. That's how mm -hmm. I discovered YouTube. I was like. Well, we should make videos instead. So I was like, okay, I'm going to buy a bunch of JRPGs. I'm going to unbox them and then I'm going to play them. And there's actually videos of me on my PS Vita um, playing JRPGs and trying to like translate them. And, and, and there was a series I did about Animal Crossing where I'd like show the Japanese word on screen and try and like learn and educate at the same time. And it was just so much work. It was it was so much more work than I was like, expecting. But that was that was actually the first four or five years of the channel was trying to find Japanese games that I could learn Japanese through. Mm. And so that's yeah, that's kind of my entry into the gaming the gaming world. I suppose the next question would probably be, what was the entry into the fighting game world? Yeah, yeah. Let, let, let's let's delve into that. Sure. Yeah, we can segue straight into that. Let's go. I, I suppose I suppose when I bought it's up there, I think. That that red there's a there's a red arcade stick mm -hmm. here. And it's got um Toho Project a Toho Project character. Yeah. That was it. That was like <laughs> I need to buy an arcade stick and I I want one with a cool anime picture. I didn't even know what really project was I just like I want one with a cool anime picture on it <laughs> and and that was the slippery slope after the, after I made a video about getting back into Street Fighter with this large arcade stick uh, and then I was like I'm gonna change the buttons I think I switched the buttons out for Sanwa buttons so I was like getting into the the modding scene oh, and then yeah. I was watching a bunch of other people's YouTube videos and learning about fighting games I was like what is what is Street Fighter 5 and I discovered excellent adventures which I think I mean there can't be of anyone course. who's never seen that yeah um, the, the, that was when that was probably the time where excellent adventures was popping too like they were probably really peak, at yeah. peak yeah at their kind of popular numbers yeah. yeah incredibly popular yeah i mean i was and that, and that was definitely one of the ways that i discovered a lot of the the i, want, I don't want to say the word hollywood but like the really famous people yeah. in, in the fdc all the top top players who have you know really won all the all the competitions so yeah, I was watching a lot of YouTube, started reviewing more arcade sticks, and then just bit by bit, all the other content kind of disappeared. And then I actually went, I think my first fighting game event was Tokyo Game Show. It might have been 2018. It might have been 2018 or 2019. I think that was the first fighting game event that I ever entered. And hmm. I, I absolutely didn't think I was going to win. I just wanted to like take part like in the way that you go to a convention just to you know, buy goods and watch interviews. Have fun. And then I went, yeah, then I finally went to Evo Japan. And I, by the way, I've still never been to Evo in America. So I, I still consider myself not really in the FGC yet. I, I haven't been to like the main event. I mean, I don't, I don't think that's, I don't think that's fair. I think you're more than part of the FGC at this point. Uh, okay. Uh, like to me, I don't think Evo is like a baptism of. Well, here you go. Here's your company. Here's your <laughs> here's your membership. You're part of the FGC. Uh, I know plenty of people who are part of the FGC who have never been to Evo. 
it's a little expensive, you know, um, and I, I haven't been to any Evo. I'll say that, but I, okay, I haven't either. I feel I'm we all really... feel we all feel like we're part of the. I mean, the I'm fact a that fake you're fam. What can I say? You're man. Yo, what? Sorry, <laughs> I'm a fake fan. What can he's I a say? Fake fan. <laughs> uh, no Evo. I feel like you know, just even being a fan makes you a part of the FGC. If I'm being 100 percent right. honest with you, you're part of the community. Yeah, you contribute. Absolutely. The there was family. a video by the guys. They do a podcast, the Trash taste podcast mm -hmm. like three british guys who live in japan i don't i don't even oh. know if they still live. yeah yeah i know that I'm not even sure if they still live in japan i think one of them's half japanese anyway the point is they they made of was it them okay I'm, I'm getting my stories mixed up but there was a time a few years ago when someone said like all i do is watch fighting games i don't really play fighting games and then a bunch of content creators in the fgc were like that's actually one of the best things you can do for fighting yeah. games because even if you don't play them, if you can boost these numbers of people watching them, then naturally other people are going to want to play the games and the community is just going to get bigger through that. Yeah. Well, yeah, we need the spectator numbers. <laughs> well, definitely do we do. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't, I know like content creators even who just, they really love fighting games. They, they're not very big into, you know, going online, playing against other people, but they just, they're so passionate about it. They love the story of a fighting game, you know, um, mm. ha something heavily neglected, uh, you know, until hopefully Street Fighter 6 changes that. Street Fighter 6, we got this, it's fine. You say neglected, do you mean neglected in terms of content creation, or do you mean in the games themselves? Um, I, I would say that plenty of people have jumped on the content creation aspect of that, but I would say fighting game companies and, and you know, games have not really embraced the single player experience. Oh, yeah. Or, for sure yeah i mean unless it's mortal kombat i would say mortal kombat there is probably are exceptions you know yeah so mortal kombat right. unist like um freaking street fighter 6 now tekken's been trying to have a story you know i mean <laughs> all that absolutely. fun stuff guilty gear besides being incredibly confusing is just one giant <laughs> movie you know um yeah feature length so. film um, but yeah, I, I don't. I, I... Oh, well, actually, well, on that, before we move on from that topic, I think oh, it's, absolutely. it's one of the really important things to understand, like with fighting games, is that even if a lot of companies are doing something, it's like if the main, if the main people and the main devs don't do it, then it doesn't become like the trend. So with Street, unfortunately, with Street Fighter, even though Mortal Kombat has been putting all this effort into like cinematic yeah. story modes, in fact, I think they did it before Street Fighter even had a, a cinematic story mode, and then and yep, then yeah. Street Fighter added theirs later in the game, but it doesn't really matter. It's, it's not that it doesn't matter. It's just it takes. It's it's the res it's almost the responsibility of companies like Capcom to embrace certain things to make them the the norm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Sure. A bit yeah. like I don't know women and women in in cinema. It's just like well, if the big companies don't kind of force more women into movies, then it'll just continue to be what yes. it's always been. It's just yeah. like not enough yeah. representation of yeah. ethnic minorities and and what and yeah, exactly. So it's like if if now that Capcom's doing it though, they're like taking responsibility. They're like, okay, it's an important thing to flesh out the single player mode and the story. Probably it will be the trend that every other company also does it as well. I mean, it, it kind more of more content. Let's go. 
it's strange that it takes Capcom to do it, and but when NetherRealm does it, it's just like it's whatever. You know, I don't I don't really get it. Um, I can tell you, I can kind of tell you my opinion on that though. Sure. It's probably just that Mortal Kombat doesn't exist in Japan. Like, it can't exist in yeah. Japan because it's actually not on sale. It's like banned. You're, you're not allowed mm-hmm. to sell Mortal Kombat in Japan. Like, if, if I go on Steam, even though I've got. Like, I think when I, I made my account, I was in the UK. But mm-hmm. now that I live in Japan, it knows Steam knows that I'm in Japan and they won't even show me the game. Like, I can't even. I can't even search for Mortal Kombat. It won't show up in the search in Steam. Yeah. So that's why I don't ever see Japanese players in top eight in MK is because exactly it, <laughs> they can't play it. Because they're not allowed to. <laughs> well, yeah, they're, yeah, legally they're legally they're allowed to buy a copy abroad and then bring it back to Japan. Yeah. But it's just not for sale in Japan. So it's like mm-hmm. the only person who owns Mortal Kombat in Japan is is uh, Goichi, I think. Really? Because he wanted to play with the Sonic one guy. Fox. Yeah. Like, yeah I want to play with Sonic Fox. So he went and bought a comp- copy like over abroad. But I, I think no one else has ever played it in Japan. <laughs> well, that's not uh, true. I'm, I'm sure a bunch of people have played it. Yeah. Isn't isn't there sort of like a stigma about decapitation in media oh. in Japan? Oh. In Japan, isn't that sort of a, a bigger I, thing? Okay, so there is. A stigma. I don't know if it's an official, like, you're not allowed to show it in, in movies. They, they show people having their heads cut off in movies all the time, I think. Mm-hmm. But um, the stigma, do you know what the stigma probably is, though? I, I, I don't. Like, isn't it like defilement of a dead body or, or something of the sort? I think it's more that it's still an actual punishment in Japan. Like, if you if you do something oh. wrong enough, they can, they I think they can still... Uh, they hang. They, you can still be hanged in Japan. Isn't it? Really? Oh. So I mean, because this, this is not. Uh, this is not a fun side story at all. But when I was teaching English, oh. mm-hmm. one of the main games you teach them. Uh, one of the ga- main games you use to to teach to have fun with English is Hangman. Because we all think yeah. that's funny. Because it's not a. It's not a thing anymore, right? Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> Hangman. It's just a stick man. We're just going to put a stick man on screen and just going to write the word octopus. And uh, if you don't guess it, the, the man gets hanged, and they're just like. Yeah. We can't do that. You, you gotta take that off. Erase that off the board. I'm like, what? <laughs> but this game's it's fun. It's a fun little game. Yeah, no, it's, it's a real thing still. Yeah. I don't. I mean, I doubt they still do it, but like, I think it hasn't been officially been taken out. Of it, you know, it's school. like there are states where it's okay to, I don't know, marry your dog or something. But you know, like, right, it, right, like yeah, people aren't really yeah. marrying their dog. Yeah. Or right, it, right, right. Yeah. A police officer I mean, would probably some states be like, electrocution. Do that. Death by electrocution. Right, right. Exactly. Oh, yeah. So yeah. I mean, Texas. it's one of those things. It's it's just like yeah. <laughs> a game like Mortal Kombat comes out and they're just like, okay, maybe not. <laughs> mm. I think I think there's a lot of things like that in Japan where they they don't think about it. I mean, again, I'm not. I don't work in the government or anything, but I think they probably look at things and go well we could try and find a way to classify this that makes it okay but it would be easier to just not bother and maybe they maybe they just like go okay sorry there's no classic classification for your game so we can't sell it yeah well i mean it's it's a shame that um nrs games don't really get traction over there in Japan, but maybe that'll change at some point. Who, who knows? I think that could change. I think that, I mean, especially with fighting game, I don't know what it's like in the States, but 
it definitely feels like it's still growing in Japan, and, and definitely with Street Fighter VI, I feel like. Okay, I mean, it's not like there's a million esports teams or anything, but esports definitely still feels like it's growing. You still see、yeah. magazines and,、yeah. um, you know, young FPS players printed on the front of these magazines. I, I feel like it's still growing. It's not rapidly growing, but it is still growing. And with Street Fighter VI, it's going to get an extra boost, and hopefully that kind of boosts things in the West as well. Yeah. Well, with Capcom putting up all of the money. People have been like, oh, Street Fighter? Yeah, no, I could try some Street Fighter. So, like, we've, we've been definitely having like, a fighting game boom over here in the West. Yeah. Absolutely. You, you know, it, it, I was,、uh, it reminds me, and every time someone brings this up, it, it, this is the first thing I think of, and is that、um, Capcom having a million dollars or so. I think it, it might have been two million for like total two prize pool. Total, yeah. So、yeah. we, we looked up the, the, the prize pool of the first million in like Dota or something like that. And it was like in 2011 that they had their million dollar <laughs> prize pool. Yeah, their first million. I think like the winner now gets like 12 million or something like that or something absurd.、Um, it's got it's to be like, I don't know if it's 12 billion, but、uh, it, it's a lot. It's a lot more than, like, it took fighting games a long time to be like, all right, we'll make a millionaire. But until <laughs> we're, then. We're just like a niche little baby genre. Let us grow. Jeez. But we've existed before the, like, you know,、uh, like Dota and、uh, yeah, MOBAs. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> and it, it, it doesn't make any sense why it's sort of so. You know, off to the side of everything else. Like, everything else、it's, shot up, you know? <laughs> it's just, it's、well, just, thor- it's just thorny, isn't it? It's because, I mean, there's, there's a lot of reasons, but it's like,、uh, one, it is a bit of a, it's like a harder sell just because it's, it's one on one. When you have a team thing, it's almost like it's easier to mar- market them as a product. And also, you've, you've instantly got Like 20 people on screen, and people don't, can't lose interest as much. Like with, with fighting games, if you don't like Akuma and Chun Li, then it's just like, what else is there to look at on screen? In, in, in League of Legends, there's like 20 characters. Well, that's not true, but there's like 10 characters on screen, and there's all sorts of different locations. Anyway, that's a, a sorry. It's, it's, <laughs> you, it's, you know, it's I, all I, over the I place. I ramble.、Yeah. But the, ma- the main thing is that, like, because it started grassroots, people don't want to just let esports companies come in and try to take over. And it's not because they're scared of esports companies. It's because often they come in, they sponsor players, give people careers for like a year and a half, and then they disappear. And they, they are just like, okay, we're, we're done with fighting games. So it's like, I think the FGC is looking for sustainable partners, people、yeah. who can actually work with us and not fire us next year. Because are there any esports teams that haven't just like fired everyone after nine months? So it's just like, Yeah, you're all part of the team. Oh, by the way, we're not a company anymore. <laughs> What?、Uh, I mean,、um, I, would, I would say like Panda, but then again. And, they were doing but, so well. Yeah, they were doing very oh, well. Oh, Panda, yeah.、Uh, Pan, a... Panda Global. But then, sort of, like the only person I remember sticking with them was like Justin Wong for a long time, K Brad,、um, you know, people like that. But they did have a rotating roster of you're not doing well enough, goodbye. You know what I mean? It was, yeah, it was still、yeah. very much that way.、Um, well, in the、uh, MOBA space, you have teams like TSM, which had the same roster practically for 
about three years. Yeah. Like they would rotate maybe like one player or so out. Mm. It's pretty crazy. Like, that's however, just how it is. It's, it's, I think. I think it's. Hmm? This is the thing. It's like we're looking for a sustainable partner, but also the reality of esports is, is like you say. Mm. Every. I mean, even even at the longest, you, you might have a career for three years and then you exactly. get rotated out. Yeah. Yeah. What? But also how do we, that how do we like sustainability career? thing, right? Um, like some esports are, they like hit their boom, right? But they can't sustain it. And so like things are just dropping off right now. And that's like the major issue in esports right now is we've kind of hit like a wall of sustainability. You can't have all of these things going at once and things are just falling over and over. Like teams are dropping out in like league, like three teams died this year in league. Really? Yeah. Because it's just there's no sustainability. There's too yeah. much going on. There's too many people trying to get in. And then I mean, on top of that, there's the natural drop off for fighting games. People, even if there wasn't esports, people kind of give up after four or five yeah. months. And I guess recently, because games are now live services, they get updates <laughs> and they kind of reinvigorate life. But the numbers never really ever reach the numbers that they were at the. They yeah. they, they go back up a bit, but then they. In general, it's a it's a downward trend until four years later, the next version of the game comes the, out. The next game comes out, you're like, woo, we're back. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I mean, you, you can see how many content creators are on to the next thing after, like you said, five, six months, something like that. Because what it, you know, it may not be anything. They may not have a character they like or the meta is just not interesting. Like, look at maybe Maximilian and um, uh, Injustice 2 is an example mm-hmm. I can think of. Like, he just did not care for the meta whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Um, I... Yeah, I... Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I, I feel like that game was just... It kind of came out. I don't under... For some people, it's like this huge thing. It's always, it's kind of strange, isn't it? Like, Street Fighter Six feels like this huge thing that you can't... Like, this momentum juggernaut that is going to, like, knock down some doors like uh, Street Fighter Four did. Um... And well, it feels like Capcom's really just putting everything in to six. Like five, I feel like didn't have this much of a push. Like Capcom really, I don't know, almost maybe regrets the beginning of five and <laughs> wants to have a much better start for six. It's almost like they learned. <laughs> oh my yeah. god. Wow. They're learning. <laughs> but the thing with Street Fighter Five, I mean, when you go back to, I mean, I watched the official documentary that Capcom put out, you know, it was like three parts when Street Fighter 30th anniversary came out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you see these guys talking about when Street Fighter Five first released. And it even then, they're like, well, with Street Fighter Five, we tried something really new. We had the, the V system. And it, it basically, everything, they were, they were like, we're really focused on eSports. And the thing about the push with Street Fighter Five, even even though it was a new game with honestly it had better graphics it was on a different platform there was a lot of stuff that was going to be good i mean street fighter i mean honestly it it's not the best netcode in the world but it is rollback right and this i still play street fighter 5 over a lot of the delay based games that i have just because it is rollback of sorts but yeah exactly but even even with street fighter 5 you can tell that the push was more of a it was like marketing speak like they know that Mm -hmm. The game it's not actually how do I explain it? It's not it's not actually features that 
are tested that we know that fighting game is like. It's just like we're just <laughs> trying stuff that we want Street Fighter V to do. We want it to do esports things. We want it to have comeback mechanics. So yeah. With Street Fighter VI, it doesn't feel like they've gone for anything that would just work marketing-wise. It's like every feature they've seemed to put in is stuff that we've honestly been asking for. And yeah. Like, Can you just put this stuff in the game? And they're like, okay, we're finally just going to give it to you all at the same time. It's like there's a parry from SF3. There's like a guard break mechanic mm-hmm. from Street Fighter Alpha. There's there's like a, a, a mechanic from every game they've ever made all put into Street Fighter Six. It's going to be kind of... I, I'm kind of, kind of scared of... It won't change. I'm overwhelmed just thinking about it, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> That's understandable. Um, I definitely think, yeah, for sure. Man, Street Fighter 6 is going to be amazing. But uh, like a game like Injustice <laughs> didn't really have that sort of momentum where it felt like it came and it went like in one one kind of swoop. And I, I don't know what it is about NRS games, but it always feels that way, right? Like maybe it's, it's one of those things where it's like every other game. It, it really seems that way, right? Like every other Tekken makes a huge impact. Every other, you know, uh, Mortal Kombat game. Like it's always feels like the game that's in between is always experimenting. And it's like you just got to deal with it. You know what I mean? And then the later the later version of that game is going to have a meta that's pretty fun. But, you know, will you stick with it until that point? You know, that. Well, I, I wonder some as people well. have gotten. Oh, yeah. sorry. No, oh, go on, go on, go on. I'll remember, oh, okay. I'll remember I was, what I was gonna I was gonna say that I think some people maybe feel burned by NRS because repeatedly they've shown that they don't really fully support their products like mm-hmm. going forward like they're like oh yeah we're gonna support this for years eh, years was you know an exaggeration here's <laughs> a year of content and we're out see you later <laughs> here's was an exaggeration we bet was season one <laughs> yeah season one here's MK11 <laughs> <laughs> two years of uh, two years uh, what am, okay best we can do is a year and about eight months of radio silence before we say hey it's done <laughs> that's right <laughs> it's interesting yeah. it's interesting because with mk11 i mean again it's a game that i can't even buy so i haven't i haven't even played it <laughs> but from the outside looking at the at the numbers it does feel like it sells differently like 11 million copies i don't think street fighter 5 yeah. ever reached like Four million. I don't even. I like. I still don't think. Well, I don't think Street Fighter Five will ever reach that number. It's too late for Street Fighter Five now. But that's a game that is sold to people who just buy games, as opposed to yeah. Street Fighter, which is a game that it sells to people who play Street Fighter. Fighting games. It's like a completely different mm-hmm. demographic. And with MK, they must have been like, well, yes, obviously the fighting game, the esports element is important to us. But really, we're a game company, and we make games and not live services. And I wonder, you know, it's like, will that, will, I mean, that may change now that Street Fighter 6 is like leading the charge of the, the next generation of fighting games. Maybe everyone's going to be like, okay, this is the generation that we all get on board with esports. It's really going to happen this time. Esports and rollback, we swear. Let's do e-sports. it. Just let's go. <laughs> it's looking good so far. This it game, is, yeah. This game feels more important than Project L to me. <laughs> I, I know that. Project L is supposed to be this big game and it's going to be important, but it feels like that's just going to be an experiment. Uh, really more than anything. Okay. Okay. So I'm 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 gathering that from 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 our chat so far. It sounds like Quintessence has some of more of the information from the the MOBA side. 
and Matt oh, is yeah. more of the fighting game side. Is that kind of how this this uh, so far? Yeah. I, I guess uh, so, so far. Like I, I, I definitely have like a strong MOBA background, and right, okay. I am I am newer ish into like like deep into the fighting game stuff. Right. But I've okay. always been like watching fighting games and then playing a little mm, bit. Mm, 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 mm. Um, I just want. I think my question is with Project L, is the important thing that it's a game made by Riot, which is a well-known company that clearly has i mean they've, they've they've clearly taken all the talented people from the fgc and put them into this company to make yeah. this game so we know that the game should be solid on a gameplay front but is the more important thing about project l just that the existing fan base of league of legends is insane like this is like no other because i watched the documentary like league of legends built up with no advertising whatsoever they're like it was only word of mouth and only wow. through word of mouth they still had conventions with like i don't know half a million people showing up in cosplay like can you imagine if half a million people showed up in cosplay for street fighter it's just it's a completely <laughs> different world yeah for it really sure is. Uh, I, I wonder i personally it, yeah. think the big point of project l is i think it's going to try to set a standard it's gonna it's it's trying something new which is like the free-to-play like completely free-to-play model uh, rollback net code and they're still gonna be supporting like the esports side so like it's basically just one huge experiment that i think if it goes really well other companies will like take notice right and that could really like elevate things and we could maybe move past the egregious dlc practices that we currently <laughs> have in the fighting games maybe uh, possibly <laughs> yeah paying paying dlc characters at this point still is, is starting to feel like why 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 do we have to pay for these characters and right. then you're telling me that the the new character is better than everyone you're saying that luke is the best mm -hmm. character and like i have to by him what, it does feel a really... mile <laughs> like why a mile it does feel really weird when you look at all the other esports it's just like oh most of it is like cosmetics they're not really paying for the characters and especially i'm mean, mainly in league of legends yeah yeah um yeah i think i think it's just <laughs> i think i think it's basically just going to be a whole test of what is a fighting game look like when it has money um uh, is free to play the future is going to be another thing that I think a lot of people are going it's going to answer. But I think uh, one game that has sort of disproved that so far, and there haven't been many, uh, would be obviously you'd have to go back to um, my God, I can't even think of the name. It's uh, it's still in it's still in beta, apparently. Uh, damn. What is the name of the game? Uh, it's got. Rising multiverses Thunder? multiverses uh is is it multiverses is an <laughs> example of it's been taken it's, out of beta right it's actually gone it's gone offline it's, it's coming back next year or it's something. gone into a year-long maintenance it's gonna be back we promise yeah but they've already people, haven't people already paid for dlc for this game yes paid yeah. dlc the, mm -hmm. it, the the cash shop was fully open people spent money and then they just put it into maintenance for a year it's no, no, not no. coming back i don't it, think i think that's just I think that's, that's really gone. I think I think it'll come back. Personally, I think it's popular. Really? Yeah, it's it's, it's numbers plummeted. 
Like really? it started with like 150,000 people playing, right? Mm-hmm. And then it just kept dropping. By the time it went into maintenance, I think it averaged like 2,000 players online. Which, just, is which, which is funny because as a, as a, as like a, as a fighting game player, we'd see numbers yeah, exactly. like 2,000. Whoa, <laughs> this game is so active, man. <laughs> Yeah. I, I just don't think free to play. I mean, it, it's going to show whether or not free to play is is sort of truly the future. Um, mm. And uh, I, I just don't have a whole lot of faith in it at this point. It, uh, also, I, I may be biased because I'm big on character design. Uh, and I particularly oh. don't care for any of the way that the I've seen any of the characters designed. Um, um, oh, do you mean in Project L? Yeah, so far. Yeah, I haven't really okay, okay. The, the very little I've seen of it or even even, um, you know, League of Legends. Like, I don't there's no character that I'm like that one. You know what I mean? Uh, oh, you've seen all 160. I, maybe. <laughs> maybe I have. Maybe I have. You don't know that. <laughs> that sounds like a tweet reply. Oh, yeah, God. exactly. You're like, that's, that's like a blue check. That's a blue well, check. Actually. <laughs> oh, I suppose you've tried the wall, have you? <laughs> 2000 likes oh. on that comment. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but, People but, are reporting your comment. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but Other yeah, users added context. That's my favorite one. <laughs> yeah. He did not actually buy this car. This is this is a video. This is a fake video from ten years ago. <laughs> I love that. Sorry, uh, go on. No, it's all good. We we should probably switch to the the next uh, interview question here. Um, yeah, sure. Oh, yeah. So, question number two. What do you think? sets your content apart from other gaming YouTubers? Mm-hmm. Ooh. Um. I felt when I first got into fighting games that there was a huge predominant uh, leaning towards swearing and talking like you you how do I say it? you use the lingo like you use the fighting game lingo and mm-hmm. in my opinion that's a really important part of building a community when you've got a lingo and everyone understands it well for example everyone calls each other bro right so it's like oh, like yeah. bro bro what was that it's like it's, it's like a natural way to speak if you play fighting games but because I didn't sorry um because I didn't uh, kind of get into the community through real events since I got into it through watching YouTube videos and by having my own channel. I feel like I wasn't exposed to a lot of that and so I don't speak like other people in the community <laughs> and I feel like just naturally my channel maybe uh, how to explain this I feel like when I watch mm. certain channels I feel like okay but this is a channel for people in the community. This is for FGC people. Um, and then there are other channels which are really general, which are like uh, Marquez Brownlee, right? You don't think, well, I'm really into tech, so I'm going to watch Marquez Brownlee. He's just like one of the number one YouTubers on earth because he just talks really calmly about anything. He's like, I bought a car, I bought an iPhone. And yeah, he's like the head of the, the tech world, but you don't think like, if I don't have an iPhone, I can't watch this guy's videos. And I think mm-hmm. with, with fighting game videos, there's a lot of, oh, I'm not part of the FGC, or I've never been to an event, so I can't, maybe I don't, I don't kind of really belong here. 
So anyway, what I'm trying to say in the most roundabout possible way is that I think because I didn't start with real events in the FGC, I feel like my channel might feel less exclusive. Um, I'm not saying that fighting game channels feel exclusive, but you do feel like, oh, this is a channel for a kind of person. But I think my I think my channel is still on the like general general people like yeah. I don't know if that makes any so, sense. So, so what it sounds like is your channel caters to the casual audience. I you think can, so. I, you, I, I like you, to think so. You can be in the FGC and still watch your content, but also if right. you're just a guy who's like, I want to learn about arcade sticks, you're gonna you can go watch a Nihongo video, uh, gamer video, and you'd be like, oh, this yeah. is so cool. He's very descriptive about everything, very detailed. I would also say the fact of you being a teacher. A former teacher really helps in that in that kind of that that light as well. Uh, I hope so. Yeah, I would say so. Well, I've yeah. been watching your content for years at this point, and I love Thanks. your channel. Um, so I would like describe your channel as just like comfy and educational. <laughs> there like, you go. I'm gonna write that down. That's, that's just how it is. <laughs> it's it. just all all the videos are just really just like nice, down to earth. And it's great. Thanks. Yeah, it's perfect. I, I would yeah. say that as well. Like your the music choice as well. Yeah, that that rings a bell too. Like the music choice is uh, is sort of very yeah casual, very comfy. You know what I mean? Um, and uh, yeah, I would say so. Yeah, absolutely. Um, <clears throat> let's see. Yeah, I mean, I, I, by the way, so so I think something that I always feel like when I'm making videos because I because I watch a lot of fighting game channels as well so I'm, I'm kind of quite acutely aware of of what is different and what isn't but i think one of the main things is just people swear a lot in in, in fighting game videos and i think it's just natural because that's what people say at, at events it's just like okay i mean i'm not gonna repeat it because i don't i just generally just because that's how i grew up i just didn't really swear sure. very much in my in my house and i i feel like that's just one of the things that i i felt it's not important for all channels. In fact, I don't think it's important for any channel. But on my channel, it's one of the things I was kind of proud of. Was like, it's possible to make a channel with fighting games and not swear a lot. It, it can be done, and I, I kind of felt like that was something I could be proud of. Yeah, but it's not, actually, not actually important. Staggering. <laughs> I, I mean, it, totally. Yeah, I, I can see where you're coming from on that as well. Like. For sure, when I was growing up as well and watching like uh, Next Level, people swear all the time. I I swear all the time when I yeah. play fighting games because I get angry. <laughs> I mean, but it, for sure, you know, um, I think I, that I is that is a factor. I don't know why <laughs> fighting games. It just it it just makes me swear. <laughs> Doesn't I, matter. I I would say I would say yeah for sure. So to to top it all off, your channel is educational. Comfy, no swearing, no thuggery. Roger that. Okay. No thuggery. No th CPT certified. Oh wait, no. Evo, Evo, e Evo certified. Got you. Evo certified. That would be that would be so funny. That would be like the the number one thing that the FGC would hate would be if there was ever like a like a FGC certification or like a, a membership card or something. It's just like that's oh, not no. how it works. Yeah. That would be really funny. There's still a lot of pushback my on grassroots. My grassroots. My grassroots. <laughs> <laughs> no, my, my, and it's like M U H. My grassroots. <laughs> my grassroots. Um, 
so can you describe your process for selecting and reviewing games slash products for your channel? Um, and have you ever okay. been burned? And the second part of this question: Have you ever been burned uh, by working with a company? First question: when, What do you mean by burned? Like, is there is there an example of? I, I forgot. Also, quintessence is can ask the next question. I apologize. Yeah. What? Oh, the next question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you don't mind, you you have to expand on his question. Go, go, your go. question. I, I I messed up. I was supposed. You were supposed to ask this question. Uh, go ahead, Nihongo <laughs> Gamer. Okay, so You're supposed to ask the content one. <laughs> so, like, so the I, I just have a question. Do you have an example of a person getting burned by? Do you mean like they did a review mm -hmm. and the company? kind of yeah something like that like the the company kind of like came down on you because of the review for example okay man those are the stuff to um i don't think anyone has ever like had a really bad backlash but definitely lost contact with razor after i made that video about the the ryan oh that thing um hold on a second excuse me um so I made a, a video about this controller called the Ryon, but it's actually a really interesting pad. And when I first unboxed it, I was I was all over it. I thought I, I really liked it, but just it really bothered me that you can press all the inputs at the same time and you'd have to like lift your thumb back off the D-pad to, to press a button. The point is you can you can press all the buttons. There's no pivot in the middle of the D-pad and that, that kind of bothered me. Anyway, I tried to give it as, as fair a review as possible. And I was like, you can even like amend your technique to, to use this pad and just don't push down in the middle but um razor um this was nda for two years i wasn't really allowed to talk about it but it's, it's over the nda's finished now they actually sent me prototypes of of the new one and they're just like well since you have all these opinions on the controller can you help us develop the next one and technically in that situation you should charge you you're like you're now you're not a reviewer mm -hmm. anymore you're a consultant you're a, yeah. you're a design consult consultant anyway i didn't charge i was, I was just like look Aww. i just want this controller to be good because uh it's almost there you guys only need to make like one change to this controller so they they changed the controller they sent me the prototype and that was it i never heard i never heard back from it and the only thing i ever heard was that a new controller came out called the wolverine x chroma or something like that and apparently, all I think all the Razer controllers that have a pad that looks like the one on the Ryon, I think they all have pivots in the in on the inside now. Mm. And uh, I never got that I never got that product to to review. So it's like, why did they ask me to pr do the like? Why did they ask me to like check the prototype and then not actually send me the final product? And then I, I tried to contact. Consultation. Yeah, exactly. And I, I was I mean I'm not I'm not like sore about it because. I mean, I, I I like Razer Control. I, I still buy them, um, but it's, it's just I thought I thought it's a shame because I was quite willing to review the new one, and it sounds like they changed the thing that I wanted them to change. So it would have been a good review, anyway. Oh, there's there's one other there's one other topic. Oh, sorry, is there, was there something you wanted to say? No, nothing. No, okay. no, no. Um, there's one more, and I won't say who the company is, but um, we spoke. They said, "Would you like to review our controller?" I said, sure, yeah, send it over. And then there was a delay because of manufacturing or something. And then when I went to, when I went to ask them again, I was like, so when, when do you think you'll be able to send it over? They're like, well, I mean, wh why, why should we send you a controller? I was like, 
Well, you don't. You don't have to send me a controller. I don't. I don't. It doesn't. It doesn't really benefit me if you send it to me or not. And they're like, well, I mean, obviously, you think the controller is good and you want one. So um, I think the phrase was, you obviously want one for free. So uh, you know, we'll send it to you then. I was like, what? I don't. You know what? <laughs> I was like, let's just make sure this stays clear. I don't actually want one. So actually, don't. I actually said, don't send it to me. I don't want. <laughs> I don't want to be in a situation where you gave it to me. Because you thought that I wanted it, so I, I still haven't reviewed that controller just because <laughs> this weird, this weird misconception that I was contacting them to get a free controller. It's just like I don't know if you've noticed. I don't want any more. <laughs> I've got too sure? many. You got you got room. <laughs> you spots over there. I can <laughs> see. Technically, yeah. I see a space there. No, I I I do have hang some on the wall. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, it's like I'm, I'm well within my means to, to buy one and review it if I wanted to. But I just thought it was really strange. It's like, why would you accuse someone of trying to get a free thing when you you know you, you say like, hi, are you are you offering uh, review units? I wasn't even asking that. They they asked me to review it. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, I would That's count that as a kind of a burn. Like thing. they burned the bridge, right? right. Yeah. Just odd aggression. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it was kind of strange. It was kind of strange, but you know. That's just how it is, and I think they're—I don't think they're a bad company. I think there was just weird confusion. They're just like, "Who is this guy? Why is he asking for a controller?" It's like, what? <laughs> I'm not asking for anything. Anyway, yeah, um, so stuff like that does happen. So, what was the first half of that question, though? It was for selecting and reviewing products, like selecting the products you review. So uh, I'll In, read it again. Yeah. Can yeah, you describe the process for selecting and reviewing games slash products for your channel? Originally, it was if it's a Japanese game with text and audio in it, that's how I would choose it because I wanted people to learn. I don't want to help people find games that they could learn Japanese with. But I got so into that; <laughs> it was so much fun doing it that I ended up buying all the limited editions as well. And it was like I wasn't even playing the games by that point. I was just <laughs> unboxing these limited editions, which come with all these goodies. It's just like, wow, a cool carry case for my PS Vita and these little keychain straps of these anime characters. And I was like, what is, what is this channel about anymore? And that's when it, it's just, I just ended up just uploading anything I wanted. And then because the channel gained traction through that, I got a number of people contacting me directly, just like, would you like to review this thing and that thing? And my criteria for saying yes or no was whether I think the product is, I don't want to say a scam, but I, if, if I feel like they're trying to just like take people's money, I generally try to, I, you know, try to decline it. Yeah. Because um, I wouldn't want to be in a position where I'm like, you guys should try out this product. And then it turns out to be like a, vir a virus or, you know, it's just <laughs> really terrible value for money. Yeah. But at the same time, I do see, I think, I think I've changed my criteria on that because I think at the start, I was like, if it's, if it's kind of iffy, I'll just have it not on the channel. I think now, I think I would probably still accept it, but then I would just be honest about whether it's like a bit of a scam or, or not. So it's like, do you know what I mean? It's like, by not talking about it, am I really helping anyone? But at least if there's a video about it, 
if I do talk about it, then I can like state clearly. You know, I think there are other options where yeah. you can get better value for money. You might choose this if you really wanted this feature, but by the way, you do get a virus when you download this software, blah, blah, blah. You know, <laughs> just be, be honest about it. It takes your social, but <laughs> gameplay's pretty good. But and credit card. Is, <laughs> exactly. But that's the thing with all products these days. Even using Google, which is something that not there's probably no one on earth who's never used Google, but that's a free product that we all recommend all the time. We, you know, we say it, we use it as a verb now, just Google it. Yeah. Uh, but Google, every time you open up that page, it takes everything from you. It knows your location, it knows your name, it knows what you looked up, it knows exactly how you moved your mouse on the page, it knows how fast it was moving. It, <laughs> it, it's like, now Chrome collects your passwords. I'm not saying that they're doing anything bad with it, but it's just like, they are holding everything about you. And, you know, helps to inform people <laughs> you know if you're going to use this product this is what will happen to your data yeah yeah oh, it's, it's mm. a good way of going about it honestly i, I think uh one i i'd watched one of your product reviews recently where you'd reviewed a stick that was meant for specific use for emulators yeah, which was insanely specific when it's sort of like okay so and any USB controller can plug into a, a computer and <laughs> and work with an emulator. I'm like, what was the what was the angle? Why would why would you buy this? And then right. I think I think you said it was like it was like $150 or maybe it might might have been something around $100 for the controller. Um, mm, when and it it, it it was the build seemed sort of a little cheaper than you know uh, at least from my perspective. I'm not you know. But yeah, it, it, it sort of helped me be like, well, why would you why would you even buy that? Why would you buy this stick? Um, and so I, I did think it was quite helpful um, in terms of, you know, buying a product. So I can definitely see how how, you know, um, you know, just reviewing it is like so huge, you know, instead of rejecting the product. I think that's way more right. helpful than, you know, rejecting like, ah, oh, that seems sketchy, you know, right, and it, exactly. I think that's. That's exactly what I mean. I think in that I've changed, I've changed my criteria. In in, in earlier in the early days, it's like, well, it's better if that thing's just not on the channel at all. I think when, for example, when that specific controller, I did get the email. Um, first of all, I didn't actually know how much it cost. I actually often say yes to a lot of these products, not even really thinking about the price, because mm -hmm. there are some people who just have plenty of money, and the money money is like no object anyway. So they're just like, well. I spent a thousand dollars fixing my car today. What's four hundred dollars on a Victrix? It's like <laughs> to some people, like the perspective is really different. Yeah. So I thought I wasn't too worried about the price, but then in general, I just thought the controller. Okay, well, it does have some interesting features, and on the picture that they sent me in the email, I couldn't tell anything about the the build quality. I didn't know that the buttons would like pop off just by pressing them. I didn't, I didn't like literally double tapping any button makes them all pop off, which my mm -hmm. my son thinks is great. He thinks it's it's a brilliant it's a brilliant <laughs> toy for him. He's just uh, smacking the buttons, they're just flying off the thing. But it it but they also seemed like quite a small company, so I felt like I feel like in fighting games, it's no—it's not worth making enemies with anyone. Like even mm. even the small companies that don't have a really perfect value for money product. For example, Razer Pantera, the OG one, ah, is yes. like the best value for money you can ever get 
in any stick. This thing is like $200, but it's got a pneumatic pump in it. It like opens up like, it opens up like, oh. what, what's something that opens up slowly? It opens up like a Zelda chest. It opens up yeah, and you're yeah. like, oh, this is the greatest thing ever. <laughs> it's got extra parts in it. I think it comes with an extra back top as well. It's got mm-hmm. all Sanwa parts. This thing, it's got a removable. Okay, look, this thing is like the best value for money ever. It's a shame they don't make it anymore. But not every yeah, company now it's like, like that. Exactly, ex- exactly. <laughs> but not every company has the the means to do that. Even even for example, when Snackbox sent me the micro, I think a lot of people were like, "Okay, now everyone's sold on the micro." They're like, "Yeah, if you're gonna buy an all-button controller to get this teeny tiny Snackbox micro." But at the time, I think people were like, a lot of the early comments in that video before it kind of blew up into a a, a really big video. A lot of comments were like, $300 for that thing? Like, I think it was very a very direct comparison in their mind. It's small, so it should be cheap. <laughs> the, the idea that something could be small, made by a company of like, I don't know, I think it's like three people. It's like a guy, his wife, and his children help when they're home from university. And then they go back to university and production had to like reduce again because they've got no staff anymore. I like, I think it... What I said earlier, it's, there's, there's no need to make enemies with anyone because everyone's kind of doing their best. Even if yeah. the product's not, uh, it's not really what I would use in a tournament. They are a small company trying to sell handmade stuff and <laughs> give it, give it, a, give it a whirl. See, see if it's you, if it's got you some plink benefits. and all the buttons fly out. Oh, well. My kid loves it. <laughs> um, I will say this: um, when I started playing fighting games. And I was trying to get into Street Fighter. Hmm. Uh, I had an arcade stick that broke. And I bought it like secondhand off a friend. So I went and I bought a Mayflash, right? And this was like a really cheap Mayflash PS3 controller. I'm not quite sure what build it was. I can't remember anymore. I think it said it worked with like multiple different consoles, including uh, the Wii. Yeah. Do you remember this one? It, it, I've, include... I've heard of it. That, a lot of people talk to me about it. That's a good one, actually. It's well, okay, bad. so they've got different tiers. They've got different tiers. There's like an F100, an F300, mm-hmm. and an F500. And there's one that doesn't require a controller to be plugged in to work, but most yeah. of them do. So it's like, yeah. This yeah, was before weird. the, uh, I believe it's the F500 series. I believe it's before that. It was, okay. It was PS3 era, P, like before the PS4. Um, and it, it basically said it like worked with the Wii. They had like L1 and L2 all the way to the left side where usually the square and X buttons are. Um, <laughs> it had like inside, it had like, um, you know, it didn't have to, to, when I pressed down on the buttons, it had like a pad, a contact pad below it you know what i mean sort of like a cheaper oh, build oh it was like capacitive oh, yeah okay yeah i know what you mean yeah um a much older one so but do you know what i use now for when i play fighting i would games? love to know i would love to know i use i use Let's the see. i use the f500 and this is a oh. mayflash oh, so there it is. wait so so this is the same stick this is not the same stick what my okay. i guess i guess my point is that companies can grow they can get better mm. and i can I, like you said not everything's gonna starting out is gonna be great but eventually you might be able to make your f500 that i use for pretty much everything like i i mean other than you know this is i think this is a great build and a great price for for an arcade stick starting out you know 
At least I yeah, did. that's uh, that's actually a really good point. And if, honestly, I kind of regret not not snack box. <laughs> Speaking of which, snack box, arcade stick all the way. I think it's a really good. I mean, I love. I just I could talk for big days about arcade sticks, but it, it's a really good point that you make. That um, it's, it's that phrase. It's one man's trash is another man's treasure, and you you don't know what's going to be useful to a person. So I making the Discord for the Nihongo Gamer channel like a few years ago. I wasn't expecting that many people to say that they had made flash sticks. I thought everyone was going to be on the Mad Cats TE2 club or the, the Razor Pantera <laughs> club. I, I didn't expect anyone to really own a Mayflash, but there are still people in my Discord now who still like say, oh, I just bought the Mayflash and like, I bought it because I'm, I'm just getting into arcade sticks. I've been watching your channel. It's like, I don't, I don't even have a review on that stick. Why did you buy the Mayflash? And people talk about it and they really like it because they've got, they find their own reasons to like the stick. They're like, okay, yeah, yeah, I have to plug a controller in when I use it, but it was one, cheaper, Two, I can still swap out. I think you can swap out all the parts for some parts if you, you if you want. Yeah. To. Yep. Yes. Yeah. So it's, it's it's a it's a very moddable controller, mm -hmm. and like it's it's actually a lot like the Mad Cats, the original tournament edition sticks uh, in terms of space for art. Can you can you put any yeah. picture you want underneath you, the plexi? Like yeah. There's like no other sticks that have a plexi anymore. The Victrix yeah. sticks, you have to get laser engraving. The Razor Pantera, if you don't have a hair dryer, you have to like you have to heat up. The plexi to melt to pull off, it off, melt it off, and take, put stuff underneath it. The obsidian, you have to buy a separate mod, like from one of those companies that has like a, a different plexi to put on it. Like, yeah. there are like no sticks out there apart from the Mayflash that you can just put, a, you know, print out on A4 paper, like some art that you found on the internet, and make it your customized stick. Here's my thing: I don't even ha I don't play on consoles anymore. I mean, besides. I don't play on modern consoles like I don't play on the PS5 or the Xbox. I don't have either one of them. I just play on PC. So it's like I don't I don't I don't need to plug a controller in for the most part. I have a PS4 and if I'm going to use that, then, you know, that's no big deal. But mm -mm. but yeah, I mean, it works with a Brook converter, you know, so if I'm if I want to play fighting games on my PS2, I just plug it in the Brook converter. It, it, it connects right away. Um, so I. I fully recommend the the Mayflash 500 F500, and I've used it for. I've had this stick for like six years now, actually, which is kind of crazy to think about. Um, no, wait, not six years. It must have been at least four. It's got to be at least four years. So I mean, I, all, I I use it every day. It's all starting to make sense um, now that I'm looking at the guitars behind you. I'm like, okay, okay, now this now I kind of understand. I understand this guy like a hundred percent now because this is what we're like about guitars. I mean, I don't, I, I mean, I haven't been playing my guitar right. very much recently, but that's what it's like with guitars. It's like even a, I think, I think there are a number of people who are just big fans of like the Yamaha Pacifica. There's a number of cheap guitars out there that people don't let go of because one, they had it from the start Two. Yeah, the frets are really low. They're not jumbo frets or anything. It's not a wizard neck, but they it's like this is what I got used to and it actually does the job really well and it doesn't break because it's less complicated than like if you had like a line 6 guitar with a CPU built into it. It's like mm -hmm. things can break. Wait, they make with... line 6 guitars now? Like actual <laughs> guitars line with six, Line 6 they did a collaboration with a Korean company to make a company that could be like any guitar it had piezo uh, 
what are the piezo? What are they called? Pickups. Mm-hmm. So that it, it it figured out what the string was doing vibration wise, and then it was like, okay, we're gonna make it sound like an acoustic, or make it sound like an electric. Then they did a collaboration Crazy. with an actual, yeah, with a, a guitar, like a, 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 a guitar luthier. Like he's quite famous for making mm-hmm. guitars for famous people. Anyway, the point is, they've got computers built in, so they can emulate. <laughs> they emulate other guitars. But <clears throat> if the CPU, if the software dies, and you're on stage, you'll be like, I wish I just brought my Squire Strat <laughs> on stage with me, because I know it works. Yeah. yeah, it doesn't feel amazing to play, but... I know it. I know it well. It's like there's, there's. You never know what the reason is that someone's gonna fall in love with their tool of choice, whatever yep. arcade stick it is, or or pad controller or whatever. Uh, I actually have two weird bases where uh, I have a silver tone. That's actually a silver tone crusher over there on the left, uh, which is a, a really cool, like full scale, yeah, jazz bass. And then I actually have a um, a uh, a Dan Electro. I have a Dan- I've never had one. I always wanted one. It, it's a Dan Electro that had a chorus effect built into it, which is weird. It's I super weird. Like that. <laughs> yeah, it had a button that like you pressed it and like it, it would just turn on chorus effects. Um, other than that, a very cool looking bass. Unfortunately, the frets were starting to die. Um, okay. So I had to take out the, I ripped out the the innards and replaced it with, uh, boy, I can't even remember what um, pickups I put in there, but, uh, but yeah. Anyway, yeah, another very niche base, but looks fantastic. Really, really, the main draw of it is how great it looks. But, um, Absolutely. but yeah, I, I think I even then, like, I don't have a U.S. Uh, Fender jazz bass. I have a Mexican, uh, you know, jazz bass, and, and I, that's a Squire. Oh, over there. You, oh. I've actually heard that the the Mexican Fender Jazz bass was like there was there was like a generation of them that it was like like as good if not better than than maybe the American one. I think it's yeah. it's, it's quite legendary the me- the Mexican Fender Jazz. Yeah, I feel like I feel like everybody has like most people have the Mexican you, you know uh, jazz bass. I mean, I I would personally I would be more impressive if someone had a Japanese one. Because those ones apparently have like the same quality components as a U.S. one, mm, uh, right, but and right. they don't they don't make them anymore. I believe. I mean, I could yeah. be wrong. I think. I mean, yeah, we're going into guitar talk, but I think they did start <laughs> up the Fender factory for various things. But I, I don't know if it's the same. Yeah. I don't think I don't know if they're making them to the same standard that the American series are being made. But yeah, this is but this is one of those things. It's like guitars, controllers. It's it's like. You never know what people's footstep into a gaming industry is going to be. It's like, are they here for the story? Are they here for the gear? Are they here for just the mind games? I mean, I remember when people talked about, like, leverless controllers and just the future of fighting games. It's just like, well, it's not about the input method. It's all about the mind games. It's like, well, let's be fair. Fighting games aren't only about the mind games. Like, we nope. kind of like the idea that we outplayed the other person physically as well the other thing I, I like for example if you went into an arcade play ddr do you guys remember ddr yeah of course okay it's arrows on the ground you're stepping on these things if they let you just go and play on a pad controller because because i don't know you don't want to step i mean obviously accessibility wise handy it means that people in wheelchairs probably will find ddr much harder but a little bit. If you were in a competition, if you're in a competition, you're just like, okay, I'm gonna play DDR and you're gonna play on a pad. It's like, 
the game's changed a little bit. That's, this, isn't, this isn't the competition I thought I was entering. And I think all of this talk, like, fighting games are only about the mind games. It's not about the controller. It's like, well, is it, though? It's, I mean... <laughs> I, I'll tell you why I play on Arcade Stick still, uh, is because of Street Fighter 4, actually, because plinking. Because that's why uh, I was like, I can plank and it helps my inputs. Sick. I'm going to learn how to play on arcade stick. That and for whatever reason, when I went from a PS3 controller to an Xbox 360 controller, my hands would like forget how to do inputs correctly. I don't know what it was. It's something about stupid fingers. The, the 360 <laughs> D-pad was also terrible. Um... Uh, so I I remember being so used to a PS3 D-pad and PS2, <laughs> and I was like, okay, so you're telling me if I play on arcade stick, I will never have this problem ever again? Okay, cool. <laughs> also, for some reason, I had a tough time using L2, L1, and L2. It just my hands didn't want. I mean, I'm I could probably do it fine now, but back I then, I had trouble with L1 and L2. Yeah, it, it's like whenever I had to use them, it was like it, my hand didn't want to to press those for like having like heavy punch or heavy kick on this side always messed with me so i always mapped everything to l l i mean r1 r2 r1 r2 side uh, so i was like okay so i don't have to worry about any of that it's just a flat face you know all the buttons are right in front of me there's an arcade stick mm -hmm. on my left side okay cool i just had to learn how to do dps half circles and all the gymnastics uh but yeah that's why i play an arcade stick now I'm, I'm almost I'm, I'm also I'm almost surprised that you're not a, a drummer I feel like with I, I, or do you play drums as well I, I did start out playing drums yeah oh right yeah, okay yeah. So <laughs> I, I just see straight into your mind get out of my head but, but it's like often the, the thing with um with guitar it's like I think people are like I want to be in a band you know they start mm -hmm. singing it's just like I can't hit the high notes maybe I'll, I'll play an instrument it's like okay I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying guitar but it's just like oh it's just what is all this why do I have to do all this fast stuff and bar chords and they just kind of freak out? And then you get to like percussion. It's just like, okay, you're telling me if I know how to move my arms, I can play any percussion instrument. And it's kind of like what it feels with the arcade stick. It's just like, I can go to any arcade and I can play pretty much any video game because they all use the same control method. It's kind of, it's kind of exciting. Whereas like, yeah. No, 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 no. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Go on. Uh, so oh, I, just... I didn't have the foresight either to realize that arcades weren't really going to be a thing forever uh as well i was i was just thinking well i can go to an arcade i can go anywhere it doesn't matter using an arcade stick i i don't i don't know if i'm always i also had an experience where i went to a street fighter 4 tournament and it was on 360 and i was like what is this what is this controller what am i doing here i don't like this <laughs> and i i played and i lost and i also joined a i also did a soul caliber 5 tournament where it was also on xbox 360 and i started getting very angry with the <laughs> idea of switching controllers from ps3 to xbox and i was like i hate this feeling give me an arcade stick that works with both so ever since then i always buy something that is universal so I don't have to deal with the I don't have to deal with, you know, going from A to B to whatever. I, I, that's just me. That's that's how yeah. I look at at tech. I think the wider conversation here is the grip of the console industry on on gaming and esports. Like <laughs> if you think of the controller for Street Fighter 4 was a PS3 pad or an Xbox 360 pad. 
or the controller for Smash Melee is a GameCube controller. Yeah. It's like they're linking their game to a proprietary piece of hardware that we won't always have access to uh, and all we'll have to make our own third party versions. And sometimes we're not even allowed to make a controller that's exactly the same because of trademarks or copyright or patents yeah. or whatever. But that's another reason why the move to PC is important in the long term like growth of, of fighting games because we need like console agnostic systems to play these games we need controllers that we can use on on anything if they, yeah. if you told me like street fighter 6 is going to be on dual sense and street fighter 7 is going to be on like dual sense 2 which is vr like, wildly <laughs> different yeah vr and, and your old dual sense controller won't work anymore i'll be like come on i don't have time for this anymore yep <laughs> you have to do Just the actual punches and kicks in street fighter 7 <laughs> it's and, and and so like and to add to that like it now makes sense why I only play on PC now, right? Because I don't yeah. have to mess with controllers anymore. I just, yeah. I get to plug it in. I don't have to worry about putting in a disc anymore. I even, so my PS2 is, so, like all my consoles are soft modded so that I turn it on. There's an SD loader that kicks on like 700 PS1 games, right? Mm-hmm. And and I can just, I can just play. So, um very much always building everything for kind of that sort of convenience of absolutely of well, what struck me was what you said earlier about carrying a brook adapter with you it's almost like that might actually be the norm in the future when we're like going to pc especially with the fact that um pcs one of the main things that's difficult about them is that the well they're all different we're all, we don't know yeah. Yeah. how this operating system is going to handle my controller but the one thing we do like we do know is that if you plug a wingman i think it's called the wingman xb into mm-hmm. a computer now the computer doesn't know what's plugged into it it's like i've got two adapters plugged into me but if you take the controller out of the adapter it thinks the controller is still plugged in and so one player and two player are set you know how like when you unplug controllers like the order changes depending on which order you plug them in or sometimes yeah. i think steam probably just remembers it's like oh yeah you plugged in a PS4 pad earlier, and that was player one. I'll make that player one again. It's like Steam, come on! <laughs> but with the with the wingman, I think it might be quite it might be the norm in the future for people to go to tournaments and everyone carries a wingman adapter in addition to their controller just to make sure that whatever they plug into is there's not, not going to be any trouble. Yeah, knows, I could definitely see that. Have you have you ever seen? You know what I, I did to like help that? And I don't know if you've ever heard of this, but did you know that? Xbox has a an adapter, a dongle that you can plug into your PC that can can connect up to eight Xbox One controllers. Um, that might be the is that the same one, the Wingman, the Wingman? No, XB? It, it's a, it's a it's actual like a first party Xbox dongle. Oh, yes, oh. I have it. I have it around here oh. somewhere. Oh, I had one a long time ago. I think when do you remember when the Xbox 360 pad? I think maybe it still doesn't. There was a version of the Xbox 360 pad that didn't connect to Windows natively, and you had to use a dongle. Oh, this is, oh, this is in, um, I think I remember yes. that. Yeah. Just 2014 I that somewhere. I have oh that. Oh my somewhere. god! Yeah. I was like junk. Yeah, I was like, it's a Microsoft <laughs> controller. It'll work with Windows for sure. Plugged it mm-hmm. in. I was like. You're kidding. I need a dongle for this. There's no way. Right. Only Microsoft. Of course. <sighs> My dongle for it died too, so I was like, okay, cool, no. I'm just screwed. Yeah. 
so I feel like we, we should kind of delve more into these questions before. <laughs> yeah, let's, we, let's be through them. Yeah, 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 yeah for sure. Uh, so, Quint, do you do you want to ask the next one? We're we're uh, we're actually on question I mean, for her. I I actually kind of wanted to jump up to six since we were talking about controller stuff in general anyway. Uh, do you want to go to six and then we can go to five, I guess? And cause yeah, I, yeah, that sounds good. All right. Yeah. So so why don't you, why don't you go ahead? Because we're just on the concept of controls right now. So, sure. like, what are your thoughts on the Street Fighter Six control like schemes, like how they're doing the classic, the modern, the, the, the dynamic? Do you think it's like helping like accessibility or do you think like, ah, fighting games in my day, you know, you had to press classic all the controls, inputs boy. and yeah. Do you think it's like kind of like the future or maybe just kind of like a flash in the pan thing that won't work? I think anyone who is scared of controls, of modern controls, has a right to be scared. Because mm -hmm. what Street Fighter does actually does change everything for all of us. We, we can't just go, okay, just let Street Fighter do whatever they want. You know, <laughs> they want to make modern controls, make yeah. modern controls. The unfortunate truth is that they again because they have this like responsibility as a front runner for you know making one of the original fighting games of all time like yeah. street fighter one which i mean even though i think the original fighting game was played like, oh, international the... international karate or something karate champ like but then yeah karate not a very good like game not a very good one. <laughs> <laughs> but but they have a lot of responsibility and what they do will change everything for a lot of us of course we can still play the retro games but our our daily lives with fighting games will change based on what happens with Street Fighter Six. So I'm a little bit um, I am a little bit sad that Street Fighter has gone for, I'm not I'm not angry, but I think it is a shame because Street Fighter does just fine without it. It's just that I think now that they're putting more Monster Hunter type budgets into the game, I think they're expecting Monster Hunter type results from the game and they're like, we need this game to play like Monster Hunter. I need to press the the sword button three times in a row and get a combo. That's, that's I'm not saying that Monster Hunter is easy. There's still combos and timing and parries and stuff in, in Monster Hunter. But I think they realize like this control scheme for Street Fighter 2 thing is 30 years old. We need to we need to move on. You so, cut me deep with that. I'm a Monster Hunter fanatic. Are, are you really? <laughs> yeah, I love Monster Hunter. I like it, but I just don't. I don't play it often enough. I love. I, I mean, I like the game. So, my my feeling is that I'm a little bit sad that Street Fighter has gone for modern controls because plenty of other games could do it on the side. Like you know, Grand Blue Fantasy went for modern controls, mm -hmm. but I guess Street Fighter has decided. Okay, what we do, everyone else is going to do as well. And we've decided that the future is modern controls. I don't know if there will always be... I, I think it's unlikely in the life of Street Fighter VI that modern controls will be used at the top level. I think when they get to tournament level, I think they'll all still be using classic controls just because it's already set in stone. They've already built the game that way. They would have to make some serious changes balance-wise to make modern controls actually better than classic mm -hmm. controls because i think you still lose you still lose access to a number of your moves when you do it no right? that's that's got... dynamic oh but but in yeah. modern you've only got three attacks right you don't have six punches and six kicks or or can you can you command normal i think, I think you still have back? 
I you still you actually still have, have all of them on modern. Modern just like, to, like streamlines all of the inputs and stuff like that. Yeah. Because I saw videos where people were complaining actually because it's so easy with modern controls to be like, jab, oh, DP confirm. <laughs> you know? Yeah. That, I mean, absolutely does change the meta of the game wildly. The question is, will it be enough to compete with classic controls at at a high level? But I, I haven't actually yet. Yeah. I, I need to I need to spend more time with the demo to find out what the actual limitations of modern controls are. But yeah, I think all I really want to say about modern controls is it's not it, it's okay to be like scared of it because I don't know. It's like it's like if the music industry changed and uh, or it's like ai you know we're all uh, like people are saying like oh just just embrace ai look like stop being scared of this thing it, it can't even make art better than a person it's just like actually it can um mm -hmm. if it has enough references it probably will get better and better and realistically speaking I'm, what i'm talking about what i'm always thinking about is what happens on the ground when we actually go to evo and we play these tournaments what will it be like okay I'm playing against this person on modern controls. I'm playing classic controls because that's how the game was in, in, you know, 30 years ago, but it's moved on. Now we all play tennis with the handle instead. We, we, we hold the, we hold the <laughs> racket. We, we only use the, the handle yeah, part. Yeah. Handle. But if that's competitively advantageous, that's how it is. It's like, there will be people who'll be like, I don't want to play tennis anymore if it's like that. Or I don't want to play fighting games anymore yeah. if it's like that. It could, yeah. it could be a slippery slope where it just becomes too simple and it loses what made fighting games uh, exciting. Well, and especially for us, it sounds like a lot of us like our controllers. And I think if, if the joy of manipulating a tool, I get a, a lot like music. If, if you took away, if you made all bass guitars like Guitar Hero controllers, you just flick a, a handle and you just press five different buttons over here. It's like, yes, it's easier. And yes, more people would get into music if a, if a bass guitar was just five buttons and a handle, but doesn't that kind of lose something? <laughs> I, I like going to see concerts because people do difficult things. It doesn't have to be the most difficult thing, but it's definitely part of the, the joy of watching a gig when someone does something difficult, like a, like a guitar solo or, or a riff, which is, you know, if you're not a guitarist, you probably couldn't play it, something like that. Yeah, or... I hope I, I, hope I answered the question. <laughs> Oh, no, like I mean, <laughs> yeah. that was good. Or, or hey, like Muse, like, oh, how does he get that sound out of his bass? You know, that kind of thing. Yeah, so many times you uh, listen on the album, on Muse albums, and you're like, whoa, I wonder what synth, I wonder what synth um, the guitarist was using for that. And you go, you go to the live gig, it's like, oh, actually, he's, he, he's, he's on his bass with a, a chaos pad, like a touchpad on his guitar, and you're like, what? That was the bass the whole time? <laughs> It's crazy. Um, yeah, absolutely. Um, okay, so let's see. Right, here. Now we cycle back. <laughs> back to question. Roll five. back. Roll back to question. Yeah, yeah, five. yeah. Roll back. We're, 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 we all we're, use roll back here. Roll back, boys. Let's go. Okay, so next question. <clears throat> what coffee? I know you're, you're a coffee aficionado. Uh, yeah, drink it now. Absolutely. So we, we, we got a let's grind on this one. Uh, <laughs> what what coffee would these five Street Fighter characters drink and why? 
And <laughs> the characters here are Ryu, Ken, Chun Li, Blanca, and Zangief. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna for- I'm gonna forget the characters. Let's start let's start with the first one, which is Ryu. it's Ryu. Yep. Okay, yeah, no, I have an opinion on on Ryu. I, I don't <laughs> I don't know if I have an opinion on the others. I'll have to I'll have to think of answers. But Ryu, um, my opinion is that Ryu would definitely drink decaf because I think Daigo would drink decaf. I, I know that he's always drinking out of a Red Bull can, but I did hear they fill those Red Bull cans with water. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So they're only drinking it for the sponsorship. And I think I actually made a video about it, but then I think I took it down because I wasn't really happy with my opinion on it. Anyway, the point is, um, Ryu's the guy who goes to the tournament, wins the tournament, doesn't even realize, right? He he walks home without the trophy. <laughs> he walks home barefoot. He doesn't even realize he what he's won. The he's the, the whole ceremony's finished. This guy doesn't need caffeine. Uh, in fact, he's so about being in touch with his like his inner. He's trying to find who who is that inner power. Yeah. To get what is it? The Munohado instead of the the normal Satsui no Hado he's like yeah. trying to get away from the murderous one and get away to like the pure Hado power yeah. you can't do that if you've got all these toxins in your in your in your body can you imagine Ryu on, on caffeine he'd be like alright guys oh let's go Hadouken <laughs> <laughs> no he's like he's like chill that he doesn't even know he's in the fight he's beating people just you know, by by showing up he's Goku yeah for sure he's Goku oh no <laughs> yeah you wouldn't want to turn Hopefully to evil better Ryu uh, turn to evil Ryu if he, has, he gets too much caffeine in him. Uh, Maybe that's how it happens. What like about Goku guest character SF6? Come on, let's go. Yeah, man, I actually... Ooh, okay, that's a whole other subject. Guest characters in fighting games? Oh, man. Uh, what, would, what, what do you think Ken would drink? What kind of coffee do you think Ken would drink? Ken is an espresso drinker. I think... I think Ken learned his business tactics from Italians. I think he wakes up in the morning, he goes to a bar, like an espresso bar, mm-hmm. and he says, I'll have the usual. They give him his, his espresso, and not like us in the West. We don't, you know, we sip our espressos and we sip our cappuccinos. We want that drink to last as long as possible. He, he's like, shot. Like the Italians, they, they show up at the bar. They don't even sit down. They just drink the espresso and then they go, they, they walk straight out and go to work. And that's Ken. He's gonna go and build his empire. Except, street, I don't know the story in Street Fighter Six. Is like he's 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 being chased by the FBI or something. He's he's lost he, his empire. The wife yes. took the kid. I, I don't even know. <laughs> he's homeless. I don't know. I think I think it has some actually has something to do with um, him being accused of terrorism somehow. Oh my god. Yeah, I believe this. I can see it. I believe that's it because I, see it. Uh, I believe Luke's father. Ironically, I don't know why using those two words together. Luke's dad had died in a bombing of like a of a uh, like a, a shopping mall, and I think Ken Masters happened to be there, so he somehow uh, got blamed. Uh, Look, I, I could be completely wrong. This is I believe I'm, I'm list, quoting this from memory. Have, but have you seen his new like kick stance? That is terrorism, right? These are justified <laughs> charges. <laughs> Playing against Ken in the beta was ridiculous, man. He was doing seventy percent damage off of nothing. I swear to God. <laughs> I'm excited. I think I, I like his character design. I think it's it's something fresh, and I think 
He's been he's been in the the Ryu limelight for too long. He's basically wearing well, actually Street Fighter Five. He had a different outfit, but yeah. um, it's it's still kind of like it's still based on that that karate style gi. And I know that they trained together, but it's like Ryu. We think of Ryu as the one who wears the traditional. It's not. It's I don't gi? know the name of the type of karate style that they do, but it's um, Shotokan. Shotokan. They. I um. I know that that's like that's, I feel like that's the Ryu thing. Now Ken has his his own thing. He's got the trench coat, and he's like <laughs> homeless. Okay, <laughs> that's his part, thing. Homeless. That's his thing. Hobo <laughs> Ken. But, but part two, part two to the answer for what coffee would Ken drink? I reckon that now that he's lost the empire, uh, his his you know his the master's empire, he he's homeless. He's on the street. And he's 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 become an alcoholic. So he's drinking okay. um, he's drinking like whiskey. Like what, what is it? It's like whiskey like, coffees. He's yeah. drinking, he's drinking Bailey Bailey's coffee. He's, he's got like Bailey's. Bailey's. <laughs> he's become like <laughs> I don't want to become like uh, toxic oh, no. te- uh, toxic masculinity, but it's like kind of a. I want to say it's a girly drink, but we can't say that anymore, <gasps> can we? Like that was a normal you. thing to say. <laughs> How dare you? When I was growing up, we used to say that quite normally. Like, oh, it's a girly drink. You don't say that anymore, yeah. do you? If it's if there's <laughs> fruit involved Apple in your tea, drink, please. it's a it's a girly oh, drink. Sorry. I went I went to a bar I went, went to a bar once and uh, and no it wasn't a bar it was like a sports yeah it was a sports bar whatever and I think I asked the waitress I was like if I put a, a lemon in my no an orange in my my beer is that a girly drink she's like yes. Yes, it is. So apparently, if you put fruit in your drink, it is a girly drink. There, there you go. That's that's one All of the right. good ones. That's gospel. I I only have girly drinks. Unlucky. <laughs> Honestly, right. I had a friend from uh, Indonesia who would only strictly drink like things that were considered girly drinks, and I, and he'd be like. Well, you're like, well, why are you drinking those? It's because they taste good, and that's, yeah, they, exactly. I, that's all that matters, really. <laughs> At the end of the day, who gives a, who gives a damn, right? Right, exactly. Yeah. I used to love I used to love the girly drinks. I had um, Malibu, Malibu and Coke was a good one. Um, yeah, go. Quite sweet, but I think I don't. I, it had nothing to do with only wanting to drink manly drinks. But I think eventually, like you, I don't know. The reason you're drinking alcohol changes as well. You're kind of like. I want a drink that I can sip slowly mm-hmm. that intoxicates me but is bearable. I think if I had if I had a Malibu and Coke, after the first one I'd be like, I don't want another one. I only wanted one small yeah. sweet drink. <laughs> you just wanna you wanna like get people wanna get buzzed but they don't wanna get drunk. You know, it's right. like it's sort of like they want to relax. They don't, you know what I mean? Yeah. You, you, you want to drink, drink like that doesn't Malibu give you a hangover. <laughs> Sorry. You want to drink that doesn't give you a massive hangover. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah, that too. Yes. Yeah. Um. So what, what kind of now Chun Li? What what kind of drink do you think Chun oh, Li yeah. would drink? Chun Li. Chun Li drinks drip coffee. Absolutely. Yeah, right. Because she, yeah, so she's she's obviously very in touch with her roots in Chinese culture. She wears the outfit. She fights on the China stage, which I I think she's really into Chinese tea culture. Have you ever had tea in China the way that they do it there? They have they have these amazing tables that you can like buy on Amazon. They're like a hundred dollars, 
and you the whole table has a draining system built into it. So you put the cups on, you boil the water all on this like amazing table. Then they pour the water into the cups and they like cleanse the cups with the boiling water. And then they pour that boiling water onto the table, so it just goes off the edges like an infinity pool. Mm. And then, and then they, like the whole process is important. It's like the preparation, the cleansing, then the tea itself. And they've also selected specific teas. I think if Chen Li drank coffee, she would want an aspect of she would she would want a drink that has an aspect of ritualism to it. I need to. Pour this drip coffee at a certain speed, otherwise too much carbon dioxide gets caught beneath the granules <laughs> or whatever. It's funny because I, I mean, to an extent, does any of this stuff make any difference? But at the same time, like believing that it makes a difference is is what gives you joy from making the drink at all. Yeah, I don't know. I, it's funny because caffeine actually doesn't really affect me. I, I've been really experimenting with um, decaf and ca- drinking caffeine at night. I think it doesn't actually keep me awake. If anything, I feel really sleepy. After coffee, I think too. Actually, I you think it, it depends on your tolerance. Maybe if you're like I'm I'll a what? I I I I think <laughs> I, I I personally I really do. Like I think it depends on your tolerance. Uh, um, I I personally I'm an anxious person. So if I drink coffee, I get anxious. Um, it's so, so like it doesn't, so it really depends on, on you. I think like for me, I can't really drink a whole lot of caffeine. It, it, it messes with me. Uh, what about Blanca coffee and a soda and then just go to sleep? Yeah. I can't do that anymore, man. I, I, I actually literally time my caffeine at least like eight to six hours from when I'm going to bed. I'm like, I can have a one energy drink and that's it. Interesting. And, and uh, so I'm like, I okay. I couldn't live like that. I'm like, okay, so from, <laughs> from here, uh, it's about, I don't know. I've got like four to six hours. Okay, I can sleep. But if I drink caffeine like two to three hours before I go to bed, I, I wake. I can fall asleep, but I will wake up because of caffeine. Interesting. Yeah, yeah that's could, me, though. That's another topic we could, I could, I could speak for days <laughs> talking about coffee. I'm not, not, not because I know a lot about coffee, but just because I love I love coffee enough that I would be happy to talk about it for days. <laughs> uh, but anyway, your question about... Sorry, who do you say next is Blanca? Oh, yeah. Who, what do you think Blanca would Blanca. drink? Blanca. I think Blanca is a, a French press guy. <laughs> Just because... Yeah. Yeah. Really? Know, he, he strikes me as like... I mean, this guy is spinning around. He's got electric bolts coming out of him. He needs something that is like thick and dense. You know, when you have a drip, when you have drip coffee, it's actually drip, drip, drip coffee is, is actually kind of watery compared to like coffees that you get in Starbucks and all that. But, um, but filter coffee, you can let it sit there for as long as you like and it just gets thicker and thicker and thicker. I think, I think he'd be a... Also, what is Blanca's origin, by the way? Is it, is it he, Brazil? Yes, he's from Brazil. Yeah, Brazil. I can't remember which part, whether it was Central America or South America. I used to have these friends who were really into their coffee. I think, I think it was drip coffee that they used to drink. Um, I think that's also how I learned how to make ice. I didn't realize that iced coffee is normal coffee poured onto ice. Like apparently yeah. in, I think maybe in, in yeah Mexico or something. Like I like they're like yeah you 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 pour the hot coffee onto the ice and it melts it melts the ice as it, it goes into the cup and that's how it becomes. I, I was like. 
Oh my goodness. <laughs> magic. <laughs> it's magic. I've got to learn more about this. Yeah. This iced coffee they speak of. It's delicious. Yeah, I, I imagine like, that. Yeah, I dig it. I imagine the process of going from like hot to immediately cold changes it like chemically as well. So, hmm. I might need to get into iced coffee. So, see, to me, I would, I would think that Blanca would drink like just straight energy drinks or something, like out of a can, <laughs> like coffee. You know, he he, he just he has does. like those Starbucks <laughs> shots, basically. Yeah, Thing he's is, going hard. Blanca, Blanca is loud and um, beastly, but I don't think he's as caffeinated and like buzzed as like Kage. I think Kage is like the buzzed. He, he's like. Angry. I've got to. Oh, I'm going to drink this energy drink and this coffee, and I'm going to go and find Ryu now. He beat the he, crap out of him. Yeah, I don't know what I'm going to do when I live. get there. I'm just going to disappear when I arrive. <laughs> Wait. I think that's what happened. This whole story mode was like, yeah. he finally has this fight with Ryu, and then he just kind of vanishes. He's just like, you don't believe in me? No. <laughs> He's a jobber in his own story. Uh, I mean, it, it's not as bad as Nikali, but it, it, it's pretty close. Oh, yeah. I didn't. I, I didn't even play the Kali's story. They forgot about it, didn't they? He tattooed V. He tattooed Street Fighter Five on his face, and then they made Rashid the main character. Poor guy. Yeah. I feel so bad for him. Well, maybe they didn't make Kali so freaking awful. More people would have played him. I'm. Uh, you know. Talk about a wasted character design. Damn, man. He's, he's such a cool. cool he's, yeah, he's so cool, man. The Kali is so one of the cool. coolest characters. And and it seemed an like install? like come on yeah 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 it seemed like he was going to be such an important character and then once you play the story he just shows up like two or three times and then he just gets beat up and he's like I'm gone now goodbye and then he disappears into the ethos uh, forever that real like tuxedo mask energy yeah. what did he do tuxedo tuxedo <laughs> tuxedo mask energy oh yeah my work here is done exactly but you didn't do anything. Goodbye, Sailor Moon. Just throws a flower at people. See, you that... had the power to beat her all along. <laughs> he has. I love that. Tuxedo Mask has the power of pep talks. That's his thing. That was a great job. Don't worry about it. I mean, he's the world's greatest cheerleader. I think if, if hot women showed up while I was playing at a tournament, I'm sure I would perform better. I would. I would play better for sure. Isn't isn't that kind of like? Well, part of his thing is like he could be a main character. He could be. <laughs> he just but he chooses not to. <laughs> I don't know what his purpose is. Like what does he do? Like I don't love understand. Interest. He's the love interest. <laughs> love interest. That's his job. Yeah. He and the, he becomes an actual character later. Don't worry about it. All yeah, right. Don't, don't worry about it. <laughs> does he fight? Does he actually well, fight I think, things? Yes, actually, he does fight. Yes. Yeah, not not to get into like the the deep lore of Sailor Moon, but they all lived on the moon before they were Earthlings, and then <laughs> the, they lost their memory. Okay, so I think technically he's like fulfilling his role as to, to protect the newly born uh, Sailor Moon, makes sure that she actually becomes the the Moon Princess or whatever. I just didn't know how he went from amazing like armor with a sword to yeah. I remember the armor. That was that. Yeah. <laughs> he clearly doesn't use it. Doesn't no, that's just, that's just for pep talks. I just want to make Sailor yeah. Moon feel really motivated. It's gonna true. Wear this armor. The, my whole thing I is. So, sorry, man. My whole thing is like, does 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 he remember? Like, say, does he know Sailor Moon is Sailor Moon? Because you gotta think, I it's literally remember. Superman style of like disguise <laughs> that Sailor Moon is wearing. 
<laughs> oh, you mean just because of the disguise? Yeah. Um, I can't remember. It's, it's like a fragmented memories kind of thing that he has going on. They they don't like oh, actually yeah, get their proper memories back until right. like a fair bit later. Right. Oh. But there's also the fact that maybe he becomes Tuxedo Mask and he doesn't realize that he's becoming. He wakes up in bed. Yeah. He's like, why am I wearing a suit? A, a, a lot of and there's roses everywhere. What the hell? Yeah. Man, I must have had a great <laughs> night. <laughs> a, a, a lot of it's kind of crazy how much Sailor Moon revolves around reincarnation and the whole trope of Usagi. It doesn't Usagi mean um, like rabbit? I believe yep, her name. Yep, yep. So and yeah. she lives on the moon, which is another sort of like I guess Japanese rabbits. Tradition. Yeah, yeah. they think uh, that rabbits live on the moon. Indeed, uh, I should. So I suppose, lastly, what kind of what kind of coffee does Zangief drink? Oh, I haven't thought about this. Uh... <laughs> Zangief, what does he drink? He drink flat white. I think he drinks a flat white. Or wow, Cortado. Why? One of those really... It's, it's one of these brand new drinks that was inve invented in, like, Hampstead in, like, rural Britain or something. So it's not even really a... I've never heard of this. Okay, so... Explain a little... You, depending on the balance of how much milk you put into the drink, if you put, like, 70% milk, it becomes a, a cappuccino. If it's, like, half and half, it's, like, a Cortado or something. And if you have, like, a certain percentage, that's a flat I don't I don't really know what the percentages are. But I imagine that Zangief shows up and he's like terrifying just by existing he's just so big you're like you're not you're not even gonna fit through the door man just <laughs> what are you doing here but he, he finds a way he just sort of like bashes the whole door down and then he sits down and has a like the most eloquent drink that you can imagine and a flat white doesn't come in a big saucer like a cappuccino it comes in like a like quite a dainty cup that's what I, oh. I think he sits down with his dainty little cup. He's just like, how was your day? <laughs> kind of, he's Quite like proper. The, the, yeah, he's very proper. And he's, this is the sort of person you want to relax and chill out with after a day of work because, yeah. Indeed. He let off all his steam in the fight. He's let off all his steam in the match, yeah. <laughs> Wait, what, what's, uh, uh, isn't there a, like a Russian coffee specifically though as well? Oh, yeah, he is into his Russian culture. Apparently his 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 hobby is Cossack dancing. I, mean, I know there's like yeah, you know, there's that one scene from Street Fighter 2 when he's doing the dance with the politicians or something, but um or maybe the Secret Service, I don't know who they are. I, I believe but, yeah, he, it's true that he, I believe it's like the Russian president or uh is it? Yeah, at the time. I can't remember his name, but it's before Putin that the guy right. had sort of run the country. It was a look alike. My, my history. <laughs> my history is my history is a bit uh, hazy on that one. True, there is, a, there is probably a Russian coffee and it would make sense for him to drink it, but I, I think that he's just one of those people that he's like, he's like women's best friend. Like women love to just have him over for tea. They wouldn't have us from the rest of the FGC. No. They'd be like, you guys, no. can you guys, look, we're having girls night and we're just going to chill out with our 
tea and we're gonna natter about you know various gossipy things and and Zangief's like all in he's like <laughs> he's like oh did you did you hear what what, what happened to Ken oh my goodness it turns out he's, a, he's actually a bit of a crazy person <laughs> like, oh my he's God. a terrorist what <laughs> That's insane. When did this? Sorry, I'm just. I, it's, I I must sound like an absolute sexist. I keep making all these weird, random sexist remarks on this. <laughs> I'm not. I'm, I'm honestly not. I'm honestly not. I swear. I swear, guys. I swear. I swear, I'm not. I'm so. So you heard it here first. Nihongo gamer sexist confirmed. Completely uh, sexist. <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, so, I, actually, uh, question. I, I actually think we should we should probably wrap up here, but. Yeah, we 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 did, we did about the two hour mark. So um, that's true. I'm, yo, I'm still going strong. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's because uh, some of us don't drink coffee at night. Mm, winding down. That's why you're I, lagging. I, I, I don't drink much coffee at all. It's fine. Oh, it's dirty. Uh, so Quint, where where can people find you, man? You know, streaming twitch.tv slash quintessencehd talking a bunch of trash on Twitter and posting <laughs> memes Quintessence HD as well and then of course on the Backlog Podcast Awesome man uh, Nihango Gamer, where can people find you? I think the easiest place to find me is the YouTube channel Nihongo Gamer or on Twitter I, I admit I'm not very good at Twitter, in fact I'm really bad at Twitter but I do like, I do like wasting time on there and I do have a Twitch channel, but I don't stream regularly anymore, and I'm not sure if I will return to it. I think if I do return to streaming, it might just be on YouTube, so I don't have to balance running two separate yeah. platforms. But yeah, YouTube and Twitter. Yeah, excellent. Uh, well, guys, you can find the backlog on Instagram, TikTok, YouTube. Uh, we're on uh, uh, Twitter, uh, pretty much all just the backlog. Uh, and of course, you can find us anywhere you get podcasts. Uh, so until then, guys, this has been the Backlog Podcast number 53. We'll see you soon, guys. Bye-bye. Take care, folks. Bye. Oh, shit! And now the end is near. Place the final curtain. My friend, I'll say it clear, I'll state my case, of which I'm certain, I've lived a life that's full, I've traveled each and every highway, but more, much more than this. I did it my way Regrets, I've had a few But then again, too few to mention I did what I had to do And saw it through without exception I planned each charted course, each careful step along the byway, and more, much more than this, I did it my way. Yes, there were times I'm sure you knew when I. 
Took the blow.